Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Wachab, founder and co-CEO of My Buddy Green and your host. Hey everyone, hope you guys are all hanging in. Today's guest on our special podcast is Dr. Drew Ramsey, who's a dear friend, a psychiatrist, best-selling author, and a farmer. You don't hear that byline a lot. He is a clear and concise voice in the mental health conversation and one of psychiatry's leading proponents of using nutritional interventions. He's also an assistant clinical professor of psychiatry at my alma mater, Columbia University. Well, I went to Columbia. I didn't go to the Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons, so I'll, I'll clarify. Not, uh, yet, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> and what I think of mental health today and the challenges we're having or going to have due to COVID-19, I immediately thought of Drew and Drew, it's good to hear your voice and so glad you're with us. Jason, it's really, it's really good to be speaking with you and hi everyone. It's really, a, um, I'm really thankful to get to a few minutes to speak with you and speak with Jason just about what we're all in the midst of together now and, and how to take care of uh, your mental health and our collective mental health. So it's really, it's a pleasure to be with you all. So let's start with, you know, you need to be well for us to be well. And so how, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Jason, thank, thank you for asking. I noticed this week, more of my patients asked in a very intentional way, which uh, was very, you know, uh, kind, this kind of you. It, it's, it's been uh, challenging, um, one, because I'm a physician. And so you have some sense of what's going on, even though I'm not there in the ERs, you know, I have so many friends and colleagues and, um, and then my work continues as a psychiatrist by telepsychiatry, which, and so there's that shift that I've done a lot of telepsychiatry, but now I'm seeing everyone just by video. And then most of my patients are in New York and, and I'm speaking to you now our, from our firm in Indiana, where we've been quarantined for about 16 days. And so I'm doing okay. I, I mean, the beginning, I, I feel like this is coming in phases. I don't know how everybody else is feeling, how you're feeling, but there's that initial kind of disbelief and, and getting ready at the same time. And then there's this strange feeling of I look out, my field's the same, your living room's the same, but there's this palpable feeling that things have really changed. Um, and, and as we ease into a routine, as everybody's having kids home for the first time for this long in a while, um, I found it hitting me more kind of uh, emotionally and that 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 you know fear and terror that we're I think all trying to keep at bay, just a little more palpable um, as we're getting into. You know, I think is going to be the very frightening and critical phase of this is, is there's, you know, certainly a rapid progression right now of spread. And so on, you know, the mental health piece. So, you know, we, we, are, we already had a mental health crisis before this. And now one of the things, you know, I, I've been really thinking about and talking with Colleen a lot about is like, wow, what is going to happen now when we think about the economic devastation, you know, I think of, you know, all of our friends in the hospitality industry, restaurants, hotels, airlines, I think of all the healthcare workers on the front line. And a lot of people right now who are really struggling financially, are really struggling, uh, making sense of all this. And 
And then I think of just the average person who maybe was struggling a little bit and their world's been upended, whether it's work from home, childcare, uncertainty, you know, anxiety. You know, I, I'm not the I'm not the psychiatrist, but I, if I had to summarize anxiety, it's 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 the fear of the future and the unknown. So I said, wow, is this going to be a tsunami? And and just what what are your thoughts on all of this? Yes, I think we're gonna face a an we're gonna face an exacerbation of the existing mental health epidemic in America. And it is going to be like a tsunami. There's the initial phase that we're going to be in where we're all rapidly adjusting and all of the all of the factors that trigger our skills, role transitions, um, changes in our job, changes in our income, loss of jobs, loss of structure and social connection. Those are those are all huge triggers for all of us, whether you have a mental health concern or mental illness or not, those all really uh, that's rocky going for a human and, and so uh, what's really important right now is for people to not ignore that um uh, you know in some ways i'm i'm not i'm, I'm of course worried about my patients and people with pre-existing mental health conditions but i feel a lot of those folks they've been in treatment and they have tools a number of my patients i felt this week they're doing a little better than i was <laughs> i mean they you know i was like how are things going it's like you know i meditated this morning i made my smoothie i did my reading i was like they're really a lot of them working their skills or reaching out more for help um but now is really a time for us to to think about people who maybe haven't um, had as much contact or as much conversation with themselves or with any professionals about their mental wellness and their mental health. Or when I say things like work their tools that, you know, what that exactly means on how you improve your mental health. Um, it, it's an important time for us because that was all coming online. It felt to me in the mental health conversation. I've been calling it mental health 2.0 of, all right, we're not talking about it. Stigma's lower. Um, what can we do about it? And so COVID is a real test of that. It's a real test of, of the wellness industry of how much can um, wellness and and medicine partner together to really deliver optimal health in very trying times. Um, and it's an, you know, I, I also want people to hear hope in my voice. And maybe it doesn't, it's, it's Friday afternoon. I've been seeing patients all week um, and, and it's, um, it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been wonderful, but it's been of course a little challenging. And so, uh, but but I think that in our uh, acknowledgement, which all of us have, this is really stressful for all of us, we begin to build community, we begin to build conversation about what we do to keep our mental health really strong during this period. And how during my initial week, I really begin thinking of how I can take this time to go on a journey that I haven't been on recently, or I haven't had space for, a really different type of inward journey, not a meditation, mindfulness, uh, kind of thing, right? That day to day, but really a, a, a different type of experience. Same thing with my family. You know, I've heard so many people where it's, you know, suddenly we're teachers and cooks and <laughs> we're doing a lot. Um, and, you know, how can, how can we see this as an opportunity? I know that might sound very glib to all of you listening who are facing, you know, financial concerns and job loss. And I don't want it to sound that way. I think when I, you know, Jason, maybe you're explaining this, what, what has settled me down the most is today when I, I called one of my best friends and just, you know, just talked for a minute or, you know, seeing my kids or my wife where it just, you know, that which keeps us the mentally healthiest, ourselves, our breath, our family, our connections, you know, 
mo most of us still have most of those. Sure. So absolutely. I, I want to stay on hope, but I'm glad you mentioned it. I, you know, when, when I asked that first question, it, it was the, the idea was to just just declare the state of affairs, if you will, because I think with what's going on, you need to be informed. You need to be aware that that's like part one. And, and acknowledge that. And I look at like phase two, part two, if you, part two, if you will, it's 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 taking the awareness and then trying to control what you can control. And that's yeah. where the hope and optimism comes in. And I want to sp spend some time now. You know, if we think about people, in maybe two buckets. One, you know, those really struggling with with mental health previously to this, and those, you know, who who were not. What can we do for, you know, collectively, you know, if we, if we focus on those two groups, like what are the, some, some of the things that, you know, group one of people who are struggling a bit going into this can do, and then what can group two of the people who weren't struggling, but, you know, on edge, anxious, and, and, and definitely uh, th that's justified these days. If we could focus on those two groups and, and some tips for them. Yeah, thank you, Jason. It's a great question because, you know, uh, increasingly, as I've been speaking about mental health, and we all see that statistic that, you know, one out of five people have a mental illness, and I've been kind of rebelling against that statistic and really pushing this notion that five out of five of us have mental health. But, but even, and so we got to work on it. But it, because that, that one in five statistic is a little misleading, it kind of prevents us from working on our mental health. But if you do have a mental health diagnosis, depression, uh, panic disorder is really getting exacerbated in a lot of my patients, generalized anxiety, uh, OCD, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, or, or one of the substance use disorders. Um, it's really important for, for you uh, to, to work the skills you have and the treatment program you have, or if you have those conditions and you're not in active treatment, one of the amazing benefits of telehealth and telepsychiatry um, is that you can see clinicians. Uh, where my, my team and I have been seeing patients every day of the week um, uh, by telehealth. There really hasn't been an interruption in our capacity to deliver care uh, right now. And so make sure that you have care on board. Um, if you're on medications, this isn't a time to fiddle or experiment. Certainly if you're struggling with symptoms, make help, help get adjustments, but this is really a time to lean into what has worked for you. And so for those of you who, who know individuals or are close with individuals who are struggling, first thing I saw on social this morning was a friend from high school. I love this message. A really lovely woman from high school said, you know, these times are really hard for me. I'm really isolated and I'm already prone to depression and I'm really struggling and just kind of reached out. And it was such a, a wonderful and authentic message. And then the comments were just, you know, filled with love, but also with different, filled with let's FaceTime today. Hey, I, you know, my husband and I are doing a FaceTime live or an Instagram live later, join us. So, so you know, certainly if you are struggling, this isn't a time. I think people with mental illness and, and struggle because there's been so much stigma. There's so much effort to kind of hide and contain that illness that the fact it's coming out now, especially in uncertain times, is really can be terrifying. And so, if you're having symptoms, please please you know, remember this is also a time where everybody is in a little bit of a different mode to help. I've seen a lot of therapists online providing a number of free sessions per week. Um, there are lots of resources, so so use those resources and also you know beware uh, some of those symptoms that we we always are looking for and kind of put like isolation. 
know, that's like a really concerning sign of depression. Well, you know, right now <laughs> you are isolated. And to remember that that's, that's not your fault. That's not a symptom of depression. It can become depressing, but that's where it's really important to use this time in a thoughtful and creative way. Jason, you also asked about people who don't have a, a, maybe a diagnosis. Yeah, like so. So me, for example, I'll give an example. So I've been blessed where you know I really haven't struggled with anxiety. I've said this before, you know. But you know, these days, you know, I, I'm definitely a little bit on edge. I've what I do personally. I'm a big fan of breath work. You know, the classic inhale for two, hold, exhale for four. Uh, you know, activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And I repeat that over and over to trigger the relaxation response. I take our hemp multi plus product a couple times a day that helps. Uh, and I like, you know, yoga, a little bit of yoga movement, you know, gratitude, hugging my kids that that's helping me get through this. But I look at me and I'm like, wow, uh, if I'm on edge, I'm sure everyone else is, and that's what I do. So what, what do you recommend to, to people out there who, you know, traditionally didn't struggle with anxiety, but you're having a tough go of it right now? Yeah, there are a couple of tools that everybody really needs to be disciplined on. I, I'm, I'm struggling with them as everyone else is, I think. Uh, and the first of those is really being disciplined with media coverage. It's hard not to constantly be checking uh, the number of people infected, to be looking at how many people have passed, to begin you know, looking into those stories, it's very easy for our entire quarantine to be about COVID-19. And so the number one rule about keeping your mental health is is keeping your mental health, is keeping you in the midst of COVID-19 as your priority, not COVID-19. That's very hard to do. Thank goodness for most of us, everything comes through the phone. Um, a lot of people, you know, still have TVs. And, and so it's important to turn those off or sometimes recommend like, put a curtain over it, <laughs> like oh. really block it out. Um, but it's your phone, that's easier. Put it put it in the fridge, put it in the box, get get rid of it for a little while, um, go outside without it. Um, so so that, that's, I think, very important of just kind of trying to, as much as possible, decrease external exposure. And then the next step is to really think your internal exposure. When you see your mind getting triggered, for me, the real nasties show up at about 5 a.m., happened this morning. I wake up at 5 a.m. and it's a long list of things I've done wrong, clinical mistakes I may have made, patients I'm worried about, um, <laughs> plans I haven't finished. I mean, it's really, it, and, and I'll do my best to catch myself in that state. Again, this, if we're going to think about external stressors and kind of put these under the category of internal stressors, ways that, so one of my patients said to, to me yesterday, ways that I'm working on not being harsh on myself and being kind to myself. And so that's, as you were saying, that awareness into action. You can't just sit and be like, wow, I'm, I'm really being tough on myself and real catastrophizing. You've got to take an action and, and silence that voice. The, the other basics that you're talking about, I like your self-care plan. I'd, I'd increase your exhale to seven, and I'd see sometimes if you can get really still and go to 10. And to really work that exhale stillness game um, uh, in that pause really feel that heartbeat go through the entire body. Uh, but but I like your active leaning into family and social connection, leaning into your body with yoga, which also has been such a key part of you and your back. Yeah. So just for everybody, you know, what Jason's doing there, I think is very important. He knows he's got a, a back issue. And this is a time, no matter what, he runs a huge company, he's sitting all the time, he's stressed. So he's still working his self-care. Correct, correct. Because if, <laughs> if your back goes out right now, 
you're going to be fine, but it's going to make it a little harder to play in the park with your kids. And it's going to, and so and I, I love that. I'd add to my theory on, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's any scientific journal that backs this, but my theory on, on well-being and weak spots is we all have weak spots. And when stress manifests, it, it comes to life in those weak spots. So whether that's your gut, your back, your headache, whatever it may be, that's just always been my theory. You have a weak spot and stress tends to show up there. No, I, I think we all have those spots. I mean, I've done lots of somatic work over the years. Uh, Samantha, one of the therapists in our office, is really kind of somatically focused, not as a body worker, but as a therapist. And and it, it's very true. I mean, we all have those little either injuries or places we hold tension. You know, another thing just to recognize and work on those now because there's going to be more of them. So what about some of the lifestyle? Like we started to get in this, like, you know, talking about movement and yoga, you know, sleep, you mentioned getting up at 5 a.m. Like in terms of, I put like I the lifestyle. I woke up at 5 a.m. Oh, then I just struggled. I didn't get up until <laughs> 6.30. But, but let, let's just say a little bit about sleep because that certainly is I'm prioritizing kind of ex minimizing external stressors, really recognizing internal stressors, ways you're catastrophizing and being negative as opposed to being strategic, right? That difference between us being panicked and us persevering and being anxious really is around strategy and execution of strategy and, and management of self. And so sleep is such a big part of that. I know everyone's saying that, but such a huge part of your immune system that gets neglected, such a time for you also to enter into the dream state, um, which is a, a very important way the unconscious mind kind of sits and processes with things that are this big. Um, let your dreams take you someplace and teach you something would be maybe uh, especially as people now again are at home and have a different schedule. There's not really an excuse other than you giving into your anxiety and behaving in ways that aren't great for you. You can watch Netflix all day long, <laughs> like, but really limiting that artificial light, dimming those lights at night, especially now as, as we're getting longer days on the farm here, we just passed the equinox, right? So we've got 12 hours of light now. It's wonderful. Um, so it, it's really working that sleep hygiene is, is, uh, is something that I, you know, I know people are struggling with, but yeah, I can't, can't emphasize that one enough. I know we always do in healthcare and wellness. And again, you know, it's that awareness into action. If you're listening, you haven't gotten a good night's sleep in a while. First of all, you know, there are great ways to deal with that sleep meditations. There's a specialized CBT cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT I for insomnia. There's some great, you know, um, natural sleep aids, sleep, uh, sleepy time tea or skullcap tea is great. So low dose melatonin can be very helpful. If it's really bad, you know, not for the elderly, but some over the counter things like a low dose Benadryl. And the goal is just getting a good solid, hopefully unmedicated night of sleep. And then uh, another thing, Jason, we forgot to mention just about the people who have a clinical diagnosis. I've heard from a lot of my patients who they, you know, a lot of patients are in this conflict with their medications that they, you know, if they take a little Ativan or Valium to sleep or deal with anxiety, that means their treatment's not working. And I've just really been encouraging people like take what's prescribed with you for you, use it responsibly. <laughs> if, yep. if you're, you know, really anxious and have pitched anxiety and you have an anxiety disorder, that's a time to to take your take a little medicine maybe and really um uh you know focus on having a good connected engaged time with your family or those around you yes yeah, sleep has been a huge priority for colleen and i we are 
we've always loved, we have our magnesium plus product, which is magnesium, bisglycinate, pharmagaba, and jujube. And I've never really struggled with sleep, but like I definitely have trouble getting to sleep and not waking up. And so that's been a godsend for me. Um, and, and regarding magnesium, I, I have to say you still have, you know, if for, for all you guys listening, you should check out the previous podcast I did with Drew as we were talking about mental health and, and uh, the stigma around uh, pharmaceuticals and talking about natural, you still have one of my all time favorite quotes that magnesium is right next to lithium on the periodic table. That's, that's funny. Remember that, Jason. I just said that line to a patient uh, yesterday in a, in a consultation about you know so much stigma around lithium. But you know, you're also right. Magnesium is a great sleep aid. That's also one that I'll add in with patients. Um, yeah, but it is really important to really work your sleep and enjoy it. I mean, that's uh, there's also a really nice time for families. We've been having a lot of snuggles. You know, kids coming. Uh, the, you know, all kids are hearing about this. They pick up on our anxiety. They're looking for us to be calm and clear and make sense of the world. And we're all having a little hard time with that right now. I'm glad you said that. Like, your gratitude is huge, and and just like hugging your kids, keeping your family members tight, and it is a good reminder that when you're anxious, when you're freaking out, when you're panicking, it's palpable. You know, and I'm not sure I'm doing this right because, you know, like everybody, I'm a parent trying to get it right. But I, I try when I, I have it yesterday, I got a little overwhelmed, a little upset. My daughter saw me, she said, what's going on? And when I looked at her and I said, well, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, a little upset with the state of the situation. And, you know, I'm, I'm fine. It's just a little frightening. And so I just try and, and, you know, at least in our parenting style, be reasonably transparent, but but also reassuring, uh, you know, of... I found that my, my son didn't want to eat whatever I made the other day, which is understandable. And uh, <laughs> I found myself saying something I was like about like, well, you know, we, we can't waste food now. And, and you know, while that's true, we shouldn't be wasting food anytime. Uh, you know, that's, I think, an example for me where I just kind of took a step back. And, you know, that's not a way that I'm, I'm contributing to him feeling confident and good in, in this time. Um but yeah, it's also a time I think for, uh, I think a lot of parents have kids at home and, and my wife and I have been homeschooling our family for about three years, mainly my wife. I, I shouldn't take too much credit at all. But that's really taught me the challenge of teaching, of just seeing how hard it is to put our phones down and really focus on kids and their learning. But just things that I found really fun and helpful is just the, the concept and the importance of free play. And I don't know all of you parents out there kind of know, know what I'm talking about, but just a little bit of framework, watercolors or construction paper or crafts and getting down there with the kids. I was in Legoland yesterday and I walk by Legoland. My kids have their whole room full of Legos. I walk by there every day, but you know, I hadn't sat down in there and really built something and, and hung out in Legoland for like a good hour. And, and it was really nice, <laughs> but um, so those types of things are absolutely key to your mental health. You know, as much as we have these, you know, lots of lifestyle wellness factors, just um, uh, really using what you have. Same thing you're doing in your kitchen, right? You're using what you have, you're using what you've stored up and you're being creative. And I think with whomever you're with, it's a time, again, to go inward and, and potentially try and, and be deeper and weather this together. Um, this definitely will be an event um, that we always remember. And, um, and, and you know, it, 
it's certainly right now escalating. I don't say that to drive panic, but again, to, to drive awareness. We went out last night in our community and, and you know, people looked at us kind of strange because we had on latex gloves and we were stocking up. And, you know, there's still a lot of areas in the country thinking about this a little differently. And so, you know, it should be a challenging two weeks, um, but you know that. And so, you know, I really appreciate Jason having a conversation about, you know, about, about how to really be aware and, 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 and I would ask always, but particularly now really prioritize your mental health and your brain health. Um, we haven't talked too much about what to eat, Jason. Yes, that, that's my, that was my next question. You're talking about cooking well, and your Sunday like, Sunday like your food. Having, uh, like, yeah, I did pitch the Corona-19 cookbook, a COVID-19 <laughs> cookbook, but my publisher thought it was very uh, in bad taste. Uh, no, just kidding. I didn't pitch it. But yeah, what are you guys cooking? You know, it's a balance of stuff that's healthy and, you know, I'm not going to lie, some, com some comfort food. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're trying to stick to our regular, you know, healthy food schedule that leans plant-based, a lot of veggies. But, you know, there's definitely a lot more uh, cauliflower pizza and grain-free pizza slipping in for dinners these days. <laughs> my, my wife made, um, honest to goodness, whole wheat uh, you know, pizza crust when we had like homemade pizza last night. Um, yeah, that's the, so. So and then beans, of course, you know, some of the you know beans and a lot of like quesadillas and uh, you know little tequila here and there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that those are all great um a few things that are kind of top of my mind is is one kind of a different way that i've been thinking about food and rationing of the food i noticed we're being a little more conservative in our portions um we we focus really on kind of a late dinner and then a a, a really kind of nicer late lunch or, or uh dinner i'm sorry a kind of late breakfast but we've been using a lot of frozen seafood and frozen grass-fed beef uh, lots of beans um, from a nutritional psychiatry standpoint of just, if we think about this as a moment of increased stressor, i.e. potentially increased inflammation in the brain, now all of nutritional psychiatry is really focused on how do you modify that nutritionally? And so in our, um, uh, and actually I've got a new book coming out next year, Jason, eat to beat depression and anxiety, but we have an e-course version of that. Eat to I beat love depression it. Stuff. And, and eat to beat depression in all of our nutritional psychiatry work in the brain food clinic, um, we actually have a new doctor, Dr. Xiaojie, who just joined our team. Uh, what we focus on thinking about is food categories and, and, and working specific food categories that have the most nutrients that are important for your brain health. So the idea is you're really wanting to push the brain more into kind of a grow mode by decreasing inflammation, maximizing microbiome health, and just maximizing nutrient density. So you're getting more nutrients per calorie. And so those those categories, I sort of say seafood, greens, nuts and beans, and a little dark chocolate. I got to get a new rhyme, but that's one I like because it just puts front and center. Lots of people are struggling with seafood. Our freezer is packed with uh, wild shrimp, scallops, wild salmon, tilapia, actually not too much tilapia, but flounder, um, uh, whole sides of wild salmon. I found at the local grocery store here in Indiana, $5.99 wow. for a side of wild salmon. So that is, is kind of one mainstay of calories. Um, we have a beef share with our neighbor across the street. So we have a, a, um, a fair amount of grass-fed beef in a feed freezer. 
And then nuts, I find, are a really easy, good snack, again, just to avoid. You, you get that satiating goodness of a crunchy, fatty food, but you avoid some of the sugars, uh, you know, to, uh, kind of sugar spike that definitely isn't helpful in all this. And then you mentioned tequila. You know, lots of people are joking and, and talking about that. I think everybody, you know, hit kind of the news hits you, and our favorite way to fight anxiety is alcohol, or many people's ways. There's lots of people listening who are sober, and, and you all have amazing tools. But for a lot of people who drink, there's been more drinking. And so that begins to have a consequence for us. I certainly noticed that in my own life of just, you know, alcohol is a central nervous system depressant. And so it's really, I really encourage people to just be mindful to have a few, if you're drinking every day, work on drinking less today. And if it's a day that maybe you don't want to drink and take a couple of days off, I think it's going to help your mood. And if you see that, it doesn't mean you need to stop drinking, but just take note of it. And again, turn that awareness into action. My favorite alcohol replacements love the kombucha. Great way, you know, and, and I really encourage people, if you're moving away from alcohol, do it intentionally. Have a great plan. So big fan of delicious mocktails at 4 or 5 p.m. I yeah, love that. The, the thing just, I'll add, our Topo Chico consumption has increased significantly. Yeah, Topo Chico. It's like you look at the industries that are benefiting and Topo Chico is like going to be, it's going to be like a new nation at the end of this. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, well, and I think that's also I'm finding myself like I want a can of something in my hand. It doesn't need to be beer. It could be seltzer, but it's kind of, uh, you know, that, that way that I'm really working on being more mindful that there is a pitch to anxiety and fear inside of me. And I'm not going to deny that it's there, but I'm not going to let it control my behavior. And it's where I'm going to, you know, put everything down for a little bit. And, and, and really, you know, when I notice that, or I'm in a frenzy, really sit with myself, sit with my breath or, if I'm in a state where like that's not going to work, that's the time where I get active. My, my, we have a trampoline, which I, as a physician, was totally against. It's one of those moments in parenthood you realize you just don't, just need to let the process happen. By far the most fun that we're having as a family. Great stress reduction. Get out on that trampoline. <laughs> Has a big net so you don't fall off the side. And uh, so that playful exercise, um, again, tough because we're usually doing that with other people, but. You know, even if it's adding a kind of, you know, dancing around or, you know, running through the woods a little bit or jumping over some benches as you're on your jog, just to add some playfulness in. I love that. And so, you know, you mentioned getting out in the woods and, you know, a lot of states are, are imposing lockdowns. But the one thing people aren't locking down is, you know, nature, getting out in the parks and and the great outdoors. And so can you talk a little bit about some of the mental health benefits to just getting outside? Yeah, I thought of you the other day just because I was thinking like, should I offer a virtual forest bath? Oh, look, our three-year-old just came in. Hi, Ellie. This is, this is the reality of podcasting amid, oh, amid COVID-19. It's not I mean, the so Mind, Body, Green soundproof I, studio. I love Ellie it. has I joined. Think- um, hi, Ellie. Welcome to the podcast. Um, <laughs> it, I think that's one of the, I, I have to say, one of the things I love about uh, telepsychiatry, I, I'm not sure I'm allowed, allowed to say this, is that is the way that I get to meet so many people in my patients' families. Like the kids pop in, you see what uh, a, a home looks like. It's really quite. Ellie is exiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, she doesn't want to exit though. She has some good questions. Um, sorry, sorry, guys. The, the, it's the a reality great we live in. We we segued out of food, and, and Ellie brings you back into it because of another great, great thing to do with your kids. 
Um, great way to engage them. One of my favorite things about being a parent is getting to be in the kitchen, chopping up veggies, challenging the kids to kind of expand their palate or try something new, putting them in charge, which kids really love that. Um, playing restaurant. I, I mean, it, it really is a, uh, a very creative and healing place. And so, uh, and because you're all cooped up at home, a really important thing to kind of, you know, share the load. I think so many houses, there's a primary, you know, often it's mom, but not always primary kind of shopper, cooker, uh, you know, manager of the nutrition and, and just, you know, for everybody to really step up their game and help out with that, I think is another very important mental health tip. I love that. So any closing words for, everyone out there who's, you know, just trying to deal? Well, I think if you have access to any planters or plots of land, uh, I think not not just for the food supply, but I think for your own mental health, putting some seeds in the ground is a really uh, important idea. I know there's been a plant a seed campaign that's been going around social, and I just think that's wonderful. I found, um, I, I think my, I feel like we didn't say plants and leafy greens enough. So I just want to say that is also just, um, and, and chewing, that when you're anxious, you don't really chew as much, you get into your head. So really, again, work that mindful eating game. So as you're eating the seafood greens, nuts and beans, and a little dark chocolate, and make sure that dark chocolate's a good, solid dark chocolate, along with those other important food categories like fermented foods, um, really focus on being present at the table with those you love and, uh, and with your food. I, I love that. That is a two for one benefit. You're eating great, healthy food. You're really being mindful and chewing. It's I, I always love those when you can double up on benefits. Oh, and there's even more benefit that you're going to get more nourishment because that is the first part. You know, so often we're anxious. It's like chew, chew, swallow, chew, chew, swallow. And if you think about that, that doesn't really give your food, doesn't give all the enzymes in your gut, the surface area that, that is needed to break down uh, our food and and increase the absorption of our nutrients. And so you really kind of increase the efficiency and the nutrient density of your food by you know eating it properly and chewing. But just for a closing message, Jason, I just, first of all, I want to thank you and, and I want to thank everyone for listening. It's a really trying time. Uh, I'm doing everything I can to answer your questions about mental health, both on my Instagram, but, but, but here, um, I hope we can do more, uh, uh, Jason, as this progresses, just to really ask everyone to, to prioritize your mental health in an action-oriented way. I know that's super hard right now. Uh, and, and just to remember, and this is a very important thing, I guess what I've learned and I want to, want to share from, from so many of my patients who have really struggled with all forms of very debilitating uh, mental health and psychiatric challenges, they've taught me about human resilience like no one else has. And when you sit with someone who has been really through, you know, psychosis, suicidality, addiction, and they're on the other side and they're doing great, it just shows you how resilient and creative we are. And so we are about to go through a very trying time. That is a reality. Many of us are going to lose people. And it's very terrifying to think about that. But there is a resiliency to you. And the more you work that muscle and the more you work your mental health game, the more resilient you're going to be, the more confident you're going to feel. And if you're struggling with that, having significant insomnia, depression, suicidal thoughts, you've relapsed, please, now is the time to talk to somebody today. Get out in front of this as much as possible. Get some more help and assistance if you need it. But um, we will all uh, uh, 
do a lot in the next little bit to preserve our mental health. And I just want you to hear my encouragement and my gratitude for all that all of you are doing to keep us connected and to keep yourselves and your families well nourished and safe and, uh, and that we're all in this together. Amen to that. We are all in this together and together we will get through it and emerge stronger. Drew, thank you so much for all that you're doing. Guys, we'll share uh, all of Drew's links and contact on, on the show notes. And guys, hang in there, sending off with virtual hugs and tons of gratitude.